Good morning and welcome to another day's edition of Transformation Radio. It's okay to not be okay. This is a safe place. This is a safe place. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. There's still hope here. There's still hope. Good morning, gentlemen. It's Pastor Delaney. I pray that you're doing well. It's always an honor and a privilege to share with you on Transformation Radio. And uh, today I'm going to share something I've shared a little bit about uh, at a time prior on here, but wanted to expand on it just a little bit uh, in that uh, the thought came to mind uh, while sitting in a very hot auditorium um, last Thursday evening. I had the chance to... uh, share with some folks at something called Ignite, 
and uh, the Ignite folks were hosting a conference that was, uh, or actually a community meeting more so, uh, directed at our opiate epidemic in Franklin County, and it was hosted by a group called Well HQ, and as well as Mr. DeWine, and so I was uh, very honored and blessed to sit on a panel with him and, and begin to share what our role as refuge and what our role as the church is for a brand new group of people on the east side of Columbus, many of which didn't know much about us uh, or much about how we work together with our champions uh, guys or our, our champions groups or, or any of that. And so we had a chance to really expand and share. But there was an interesting statement that the CEO of uh, uh, Well HQ uh, had, had commented on. And, and this group works from the neighborhood house, which is over on the east side or the south side. And um, the comment was made that we have these deserts in our community. Um, we have food deserts where folks can't get access to good, healthy food within a mile or two miles of their home. We have transportation deserts, uh, deserts that um, I can't get access to community bus line or, or things like that. And especially in areas like where, you know, we have folks like you guys living, uh, some of those things exist, or maybe in your hometown they exist, where stores or whatever don't want to open in particular areas, and so that creates these deserts. But it got me to thinking about something much more important, that sometimes we all go through seasons where we feel like we are in a spiritual desert. And it, we start to feel kind of dry in our walk with the Lord. Um, haven't had a lot of new revelation. Uh, haven't seen any uh, uh, real insight or had, uh, you know, that goosebump feeling that uh, sometimes Pastor Tom talks about. And sometimes we, you know, we have these moments where we feel uh, a little dry. And that's not unusual. Uh, we all go through them. Uh, I don't care whether you've been a Christian for 10 minutes or you've been a Christian for, you know, 25 years. You're going to have moments where things feel super amazing and close to the Lord and other times where you feel like, ah, I'm just kind of drifting along. And so I want to offer you just a couple of things to think about. If you're in that spiritual desert, uh, you know, you might have had a wonderful high while you were in first phase and now here you are week five or six in second phase and you're like, man, it's just I'm not getting that that juice, that pump, and that good um, goosebump like I used to get. Or maybe third phase, the grind of work uh, has put you in a place where you feel a little dry spiritually. Well, I'm going to give you some real quick practical things to do when you are feeling spiritually dry. And and the first one would be just remember the good news. Um, don't have selective amnesia about the time that you were a jacked up mess. And now how good things are. Um, and then remember the good news of why you accepted Jesus in the first place. And I always go back to that passage of Scripture that while I was a sinner, while I was a mess, he still made the choice to die for me. And that's good news. And that will refresh your soul. The second one is, you know, if you've kind of gotten into a grind of just reading that one-year Bible and you're just trying to get through it and slog, you know, your way through today's assignment, um, change it up a little bit. Uh, maybe grab a different devotional. Um, maybe go back to whatever Pastor West or wherever you went to church this past weekend. Go back and review the passages that he shared. Um, just uh, make the Bible relevant and fresh again. Maybe go out on the Internet and take a look at a topic that you're dealing with and put that into a Bible gateway search and see what the Lord says about it. Just change it up a little. 
one person actually had, had made a comment that when they're spiritually dry, they read the Psalms. So go and find a couple of Psalms because David had his moments of desert time as a psalmist. The other psalmists did as well. And so you can go off and maybe pick out one or two that uh, were times where they were dealing with that to show that you're not alone in this season. But more importantly, uh, find a psalm or two where he's in a place of praise and a place of um, excitement uh, about uh, what the Lord had been doing or is doing. Um, pull aside a friend. You know, go go uh, go for a, a, a cup of coffee if you've got a chance. Um, you know, take a walk at, at one of the other two sites and just uh, share with a friend. Uh, perhaps that friend has just the word that you need. God's really good about doing that about planting the word in others that we particular need we particularly need in a in a time of, of dryness. And then lastly, um, you know, take a moment and and, and uh, get back to, to praising the Lord. Um it can be really simple. Um, you know, uh little worship music uh is always a nice refresher. Um so those are just some simple things, you know. Um just some simple things to remember. Remember just how good God is to you um, when you're feeling a little dry, you know. Change up your Bible reading. Grab a psalm or two that expre- expresses the, the amazing love that the Lord has for us. Or when uh, David or one of the others was going through a tough time and how they came out of it. Um, get with a buddy and see if the Lord has planted in them a, a word uh, for you. And then last but not least, you know, spend a little time and just listen to the time of worship, uh, grab worship, and embrace it. I think those will bring a time of refreshing. Don't ever forget that uh, the Lord and our spirits uh, are like living water, and they want to be flowing through us all the time. And so when we are dry, the Lord is ready and able and willing to bring that uh, that cool drink of refreshment to us uh, when we ask. I love you guys a lot. I sure appreciate the chance to share. Hopefully it's helpful. And if there's anything you'd love for me to talk about anytime, shoot me a text or a note. I'd be happy to to, to share uh, anything that uh, is on your guys' heart as well that that you'd like to have uh, uh, me share about. So take care, guys. I appreciate all of you and love you. And now as we turn our attention to the reading today of the New Testament, our narrative will come from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 13. We'll see that the church must discipline flagrant sin among its members. Such actions, left unchecked, can polarize and paralyze a church. The correction, however, is never to be vengeful. No, instead, it is intended to bring about a cure. The Corinthian church had a specific sin in their midst, but they had refused to deal with it. In this case, a man was having an affair with his stepmother, and the church members were trying to ignore the situation. Paul was telling the church that they had a responsibility to maintain standards of morality found in God's Word. God tells us not to judge others, but He also tells us not to tolerate flagrant sin that opposes His holiness and has a dangerous influence on other believers. To deliver such a one unto Satan, that's what Paul said. It meant to exclude him from the fellowship of believers. Without the spiritual support of Christians, he would be left alone with his sin and Satan, and perhaps this emptiness would drive him to repentance. We'll see that Paul was talking to those who wanted to ignore this church problem, not realizing that allowing public sin to exist in the church affects all its members and the entire community. 
And we'll see here as we read today that the Bible consistently tells us not to criticize people by gossiping or making rash judgments. At the same time, however, we're to judge and deal with sin that can hurt others. Paul's instructions are not to be used to handle trivial matters or to take revenge, nor are they to be applied to individual problems between believers. These verses are instructions for dealing with open sin in the church, with a person who claims to be a Christian, and yet who sins without remorse. The church is to confront and discipline such a person in love. All right, with that, let's begin our reading today, here in the New Testament. August 9th, the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 13. I, Paul, can hardly believe the report about the sexual immorality going on among you, something that even pagans don't do. I'm told that a man in your church is living in sin with his stepmother. You are so proud of yourselves, but you should be mourning in sorrow and shame, and you should remove this man from your fellowship. Even though I am not with you in person, I am with you in the Spirit. And as though I were there, I have already passed judgment on this man in the name of the Lord Jesus. You must call a meeting of the church. I will be present with you in spirit, and so will the power of our Lord Jesus. Then you must throw this man out and hand him over to Satan, so that his sinful nature will be destroyed and he himself will be saved on the day the Lord returns. Your boasting about this is terrible. Don't you realize that this sin is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast by removing this wicked person from among you. Then you will be like a fresh batch of dough made without yeast, which is what you really are. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. So let us celebrate the festival, not with the old bread of wickedness and evil, but with the new bread of sincerity and truth. When I wrote you before, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin. But I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin, or are greedy, or cheat people, or worship idols. You would have to leave this world to avoid people like that. I meant that you are not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer, yet indulges in sexual sin, or is greedy, or worships idols, or is abusive, or is a drunkard, or cheats people. Don't even eat with such people. It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. God will judge those on the outside. But as the scriptures say, you must remove the evil person from among you. I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down, eating your soul. I know a place where mercy flows, take the stains, make it whiter than snow. Like a tide, it is rising up deep inside a current that moves and makes you come alive. Living water that brings the dead to life. Oh. 
my shame Drown in the streams that have made me born again Like a tide, it is rising up Deep inside a current that moves and makes it come alive Living water that brings the dead to life Psalms comes from Psalm chapter 31, verses 1 through 8. Here's a little of what we'll find there. David called upon God to deliver him. He wanted God to stop those who were unjustly causing trouble. So David made his request based upon what he knew of God's name or character. And because God is righteous and loving, he loves to deliver his people. We say we have faith in God, but do we really trust him? David's words, into thine hand I commit my spirit, convey his complete trust in God. You know, Jesus used these same phrases as he was dying on the cross, showing his absolute dependence on God the Father. The lying vanities were false gods, as we shall see as we read this passage here in Psalms. Uh, They were idols. Why did uh, David suddenly bring up the uh, subject of idol worship? He wanted to contrast his total devotion to God with the deluded worship offered by many Israelites. Heathen religious rituals were never completely banished from Israel and Judah, despite the efforts of David and a few of the kings. Obviously, a person who bowed to idols could not put his spirit in God's hands. When we put today's idols, wealth, material possessions, success, power, any of that stuff, when we put that stuff first in our lives, we really cannot expect God's spirit to guide us. We'll read that in David's day, armies needed wide open spaces for their military maneuvers. David praised God for the large room, the only spaces that gave his troops and chariots the freedom to move within God's boundaries. If you feel restrained by God's moral boundaries, remember that God has given you much freedom, far more than you need to move within those boundaries. Use the opportunities he gives you to make proper decisions. 
Use them wisely, and they will lead you to victory. Psalm chapter 31, verses 1 through 8. For the choir director, a psalm of David. O Lord, I have come to you for protection. Don't let me be disgraced. Save me, for you do what is right. Turn your ear to listen to me. Rescue me quickly. Be my rock of protection, a fortress where I will be safe. You are my rock and my fortress. For the honor of your name, lead me out of this danger. Pull me from the trap my enemies set for me. For I find protection in you alone. I entrust my spirit into your hand. Rescue me, Lord, for you are a faithful God. I hate those who worship worthless idols. I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in your unfailing love. For you have seen my troubles, and you care about the anguish of my soul. You have not handed me over to my enemies, but have set me in a safe place. Proverbs chapter 21, verses 1 and 2. The king's heart is like a stream of water directed by the Lord. He guides it wherever he pleases. People may be right in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their heart. Good morning, guys. It's James, uh, Borough House Coordinator. I wanted to share a little bit from the Word this morning with you guys. Hopefully, somehow, I can encourage you. Um, it's in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 3 through 7. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicion, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and depraved of the truth, imagining that godliness is a mean of gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of the world. I have struggled majorly um, in my walk with Christ in the past and even to this day, you know, on some days where I'm constantly getting in myself, where I constantly think that um, in my relationship with Christ, I'm entitled to something as if Jesus was this fairy tale person who comes down and waves a wand and he's just going to give me whatever I want. Um, I would ha I hate to break it to you guys, but that is so far from the truth. And that's not how practical life goes of being a Christian. Um, to me, when I experience God the most is when I get out of myself and I give everything away that I have. When I wake up in the morning and I give God my heart in the morning and I set my heart on wanting to reach people, wanting to serve people, and try to get out of myself is when I experience God the most. That's when He opens my eyes and the truth comes in and I truly see it. I don't just read it. Um, my prayer life changes. Everything changes. So like He says, we come into the world with nothing. We leave with nothing. So why not give it all away? So guys, I just want to encourage you guys today to really pray and meditate on who can I touch today 
for Christ? How can I get my heart right and set on serving other people? That's what we're called to do. We're called to whatever we get, we're called to give it away. And that's what Jesus was. Jesus was that perfect model. He came to serve, not to be served. He came to die on a cross because he loved us. So he took it there for us because he loved us that much. So, guys, um, I just want to encourage uh, Luke Thompson. And, uh, brother, this weekend was a blessing just to watch you and to um, just to see the heart that you have um, as far as serving people. And, um, you know, over the weekend when we went over to Braille, uh, you came, you woke me up, and you said, let's go over to Sullivan. I think they got a big feast cooked up potatoes and eggs and all types of stuff and we were going over there because we wanted we wanted something to gain we wanted to go over there and and uh roll out with a free meal and um well we get over there and there everything was cooked and put away and there wasn't no eggs like you had promised luke uh you know that that's what you said to me that there would be eggs over there and uh but brother i watched you uh say okay and you know what you did? You went and you served those men. You cooked them all breakfast. And, and you did it without any type of complaining, without wanting to be noticed for anything. And you gave yourself away. And, uh, brother, that spoke volumes to me. And then um, after church, you went and you took some men to the movies. So you donated your time. You served the men with your time. And um, so I just want to uh, thank you for encouraging me and showing me a servant's heart yesterday and i'm just proud of you and how much you've grown um so guys i love you and um have a good day i can see the water's raging at my feet i can feel Breath of those surrounding me, I can hear the sound of nations rising up. We will not be overtaken, we will not be overcome. I can walk down this dark and painful road, I can face every fear of the unknown. I can hear all God's children singing. Greater things in store We will not be 
Thank you for listening to another day's edition of Transformation Radio. I hope you guys enjoyed, and I hope you guys all have a good day today.